And good morning. Welcome to another edition of Play Me or Fade Me. It is a college football Saturday, and we are all fired up for today's card. Let's first of all recap last night, where we go to 11-6-1 on college football. We go 3-2. and two. Nice wins on the South Dakota schools. I told you I like South Dakota State. They absolutely crushed Colorado State. South Dakota played the good defense against Kansas, kept that way under the 55 and a half, had a heartbreaking loss in that Duke-North Carolina-Charlotte game. The teams combined for 28 points in the fourth quarter, but they got off to a slow start, and that ended up costing us over-under. We lost by a point and a half in that one. Uh, and then Michigan State, easy win on a plus-three play against Northwestern. I said to sprinkle some money on the money line, and that was truly the better play uh, from a value perspective as that cashed easy against Northwestern. We lost to North Carolina, but we're not going to win them all. But year-to-date, 11-6-1. The plays we dropped on Wednesday for the college football card, now 5-2-1 and one, with only one play remaining, that being the Texas Longhorns, minus the eight against Louisiana Lafayette. Uh, but winning day for us on college football, winning day overall, believe it or not, we were new, near perfection on uh, baseball as well. Finally hit a Cubs over. They uh, flew over the total yesterday against Pittsburgh, hit the money line on San Francisco, pushed on San Diego, Houston, Phillies, Marlins. We said the over seven and a half. Well, they combined for 13 runs, so that was an easy winner. And then our parlay was oh so close. The Rays covered their one and a half, but unfortunately the Yankees came up a run short uh, against uh, Baltimore, only winning that game by one. So we missed the $260 payout on the Yankees and Rays parlay. But overall, made $170.50 yesterday. That gets us a T-bone and uh, a cigar, so we're happy with that. Now let's get to the card today. Uh, where we're going to lead off with a game under the radar that we want to bring to everyone's attention. And I know this could end up being a Tom Rinaldi story next week, and it'll make me cry on how emotional it was. But we're going to play an under between South Carolina and Eastern Illinois. The total's at 55 and a half. Our, our basis here is simple. Zeb Nolan is going to be starting for South Carolina. His story is he was at Iowa State, transferred to North Dakota State. Zeb Nolan then last year for North Dakota State threw five touchdowns and six interceptions at the same program that has produced Carson Wentz, NFL quarterback for the Colts, Easton Stick, backup quarterback for the Los Angeles Chargers, and, of course, Trey Lance, most recently, now the starting, for the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, or soon to be starting quarterback for the 49ers, I should say. But Zeb Nolan struggled at NDSU. That's tough to do. And to have a negative ratio – Five touchdowns to six interceptions. That's unheard of at NDSU. I don't know if they've had that since the forward pass started. Okay? Uh, so Zeb Nolan, in the era of the transfer portal, has everywhere to go potentially to be a quarterback. No one wants him. He ends up as a graduate assistant at South Carolina. Fast forward. They have some injuries. They have some other stuff go on. Guess what? Zeb Nolan is going to start a game in the SEC this week. I know it's against Eastern Illinois, but he's the starting quarterback. South Carolina has a ton of talent compared to Eastern Illinois. Eastern Illinois has already played a game. They lost it. They're predicted seventh in the Ohio Valley. Not a good conference. I get all of that. This game sets up to the fact Zeb Nolan's not going to throw much. It's going to be run central, and it's a 55-and-a-half total in the opening week for South Carolina. Play the under. Play the under, maybe even sprinkle a little money on Eastern Illinois on the, uh, the, the spread number as well. But I'm going to play the under between South Carolina and Eastern Illinois, under 55 and a half. That is the off-the-radar game that I really like this week. Uh, also on the college football card, uh, we have Arizona. 
We're going to play Arizona plus 12.5. This line open at 9.5. It has skyrocketed to 12.5, and, and I'm not sure why. Uh, BYU only has 11 starters coming back. They obviously lost a quarterback in Zach Wilson. We saw with Ohio State, when you lose a marquee quarterback like that, you normally do take a little bit of a step back. Jed Fish is now the new head coach at Arizona. Things were falling apart at the end of the Kevin Sumlin era. I get that. But Jed Fish is an offensive guru. He's been a coordinator for a long time in Division I football, a lot of marquee programs. They're going to get up for the first game. They're going to be excited for this first game. And I think BYU losing a Zach Wilson Losing a lot of starters, they're just not going to be clicking on all cylinders in week one. So we're going to play Arizona plus the 12.5. Next up, we're going UCLA and LSU over the 64.5. The value has moved on this line. It opened up at 69.5. It's dropped to full five points. This is game two for UCLA. I felt like UCLA held some stuff back last week against Hawaii. This is the game for Chip Kelly. He's going to make his statement. I actually think... LA, or excuse me, UCLA wins this game straight up on the money line as well. But the play here for me is we're going to go over the total. I don't think the LSU defense was all about Bo Pelini last year. I think there's deeper issues at LSU on the defensive side of the football. Ed Orgeron is trying to put a Band-Aid on it, but I think UCLA can expose that. This is going to be a shootout. LSU can score points. UCLA can score points. I love the 64-and-a-half today, and we're going over the total between the Bruins and the Tigers. Next up, we're going Georgia State. Georgia State minus two, taking on Army. Um, if you like Louisiana Lafayette and you like the Sun Belt Conference, you got to love Georgia State. They're going to probably be the second or the third best team in that conference this year. They're at home against Army. Army's a good football team, solid program, well coached. We know all of that. However, this is a Super Bowl for Georgia State. They, they have a marquee opponent like Army coming in. They're, they have the talent. They have 11 starters back on offense, eight on defense. They played a Louisiana Tech or Louisiana Lafayette team last year. Very tough. Played them into overtime. This is a quality football team. I'll take them at home. Short line. It was at four. Now I'm getting it at two, so we're under that key number of three, which we love when we can get a, a game we like under three because that gives us that field goal protection. So we're going to play Georgia State at home minus the two. Next up, don't like this play, but I'm going to play it just because one of my very good friends loves Wisconsin. He has sold me on how good the Badgers are. I think he's full of it. But, yes, I am going to lay the 5.5 on Wisconsin against Penn State. This line open at 3.5. It's down 5.5. The only justification I have for it is fans are back at Camp Randall. That's an electric place to be if you've been there. Uh, Penn State on their third offensive coordinator in three years. I never like that because you're switching systems yet again. So even though you have some starters back, you completely change the offense again, and you now try to go to an air raid after what you had last year. I don't think it is a recipe for success. So I think James Franklin, this is a bad matchup for him in week one, having to go against Wisconsin, trying to implement a new offense, and by the way, going against Wisconsin at Camp Randall. So I'm willing to believe my friend for once. We're going to play Wisconsin minus the five and a half against Penn State. Next up, we're going to go down to our, or Iowa. Iowa taking on Indiana. People think these teams, or Indiana's about offense. Indiana right now is about defense. Okay, this is a team that can play defense. Iowa, things are boring in Iowa. It's going to be a blah game. It's going to be a big, tense slobber knocker. It's going to be 17-14, 20-17, something like that. I do not expect this one to have a ton of points. So we're going to play the under 46 between Iowa and Indiana. Uh, Next up, we're going to one of the marquee games. We're not going to play Georgia and Clemson. 
Don't know why. I'm just going to take it off, Georgia and Clemson. I've gone back and forth. I've played all four sides of that game. So when you're in that position, it's kind of a no play because I like too many things and I've sold myself on too many things. So I'm not going to touch that game. But the game I am going to touch that's marquee is Alabama and Miami. Miami, a quarterback that I love in King. I think they can score some points against Bama. I realize Bama's always dominant on defense, but I think Miami's going to get a few points today. And we know Alabama's going to score. So you put those two things together, let's go the over 61 between Alabama and Miami. Let's cheer for an up-and-down game because I think there's going to be a lot of explosive plays there, 50-plus-yard touchdown-type uh, performances. Um, and then Texas against Louisiana Lafayette. We locked this one in early in the week at minus 8. We're sticking with it. Once again, Texas minus 8 against Louisiana Lafayette. And then next up, we're going Ohio, taking on Syracuse. Boy, Syracuse, Dino Babers, I thought he was going to do a good job there. They went, what, 1-10 last year at Syracuse? Uh, he is clearly on the hot seat in year six. He's only had one winning season. This just feels like a program that has a dead man walking as the head coach, and unfortunately I believe that's Dino Babers. Um, Ohio on the other side, they have Frank Solich, who's been there forever. Uh, they're supposed to be number one in the MAC on their side, so you have the worst team in the ACC against the best or the second best in the MAC. The games at the MAC school, you got a dead man walk in and Dino Babers as a head coach. Boy, I tell you what, the line at one and a half, Ohio on the plus side. This is just name recognition alone because the numbers would point to Ohio should be the favorite here by about a touchdown. So I got to play him. We'll play the Ohio Bobcats plus the one and a half against Syracuse. And then to wrap up the college football card, interesting line, Illinois minus five against University of Texas San Antonio. I don't know. Is it Nebraska's that bad? Maybe that's the case, but maybe it's Brett Bielma's that good of a coach. Um, Illinois came to play last week. I also like the angle of you could say it's going to be a letdown in week two for Illinois, but it's a new coaching. Brett Bielma, he's not going to let a letdown happen in the second game at a school at home against UT San Antonio. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think already playing the game on Illinois' part is going to favor them. So I'm going to lay the five with the Illini. I think it should be a 10 to 12 line right now, but it's only five. Yes, it's above the key numbers of three and four, but boy, I got to play the fight in Illini minus five and say, hey, Brett Bielma, I think you can coach football in the Big Ten anyway. Uh, So we're going to play the Illini again. And then uh, let's go to golf real quick. Our golf play this week or today is Justin Thomas plus 140 against John Rahm. We beat Rahm twice last week. We've lost to him twice this week. We're going to go back a third time. It's too favorable. Justin Thomas is a good golfer. I think he could win today plus 140 against John Rahm. So let's cash that ticket together. Uh, Baseball, we have uh, a parlay. We're going back to the Yankees minus the one and a half. Uh, Baltimore's 41 and 92. Terrible bullpen. Yankees are going to get to him eventually. They're going to put up some big crooked numbers, I think, today. So I'm willing to lay the one and a half with the Yankees. We're going to probably lay that with the Mets, minus one and a half. So it's a New York-style combination for us. Uh, the Mets are taking on the Nationals. The Nationals, 7-23 and 23 since the trade deadline. They've been dreadful. The Mets are back to 500 with hopes of the playoffs again. Stroman's pitching. This is his eighth time pitching in a doubleheader. He's got an ERA of over under 2.7 in doubleheader games. Uh, I think he can go the distance today, and I'll take the Mets in that one. So Yankees, Mets, minus one and a half, $100 parlay. will pay out two forty one thirty. Uh, and then our other two baseball plays, Minnesota taking on Tampa Bay. We're going the over eight and a half there. 
Uh, Archer pitching for the Rays. He's still on a limited pitch count. That means that they're going to get into the bullpen early. Uh, Twins likely going to the bullpen early as well because I think the Rays are going to score some runs today. So we're going to play the over 8.5 between Minnesota and Tampa Bay. And then we wrap it up with Texas and the Los Angeles Angels. We like the over 8.5 in that one as well. So huge, huge card today. We expect to cash a lot of tickets. Let's recap real quick. South Carolina, Eastern Illinois. You're off the radar under. Play it. 55 and a half. Play the under in that one. We have Arizona plus 12 and a half. Jed Fish's debut against BYU. We have UCLA and LSU over the 64 and a half. We have Georgia State minus two against Army. We have Wisconsin minus five and a half against Penn State at Camp Randall. We have Iowa and Indiana in the snoozer under the 46. We have Alabama and Miami over the 61. We have Texas minus the eight against Louisiana Lafayette. We have Ohio plus the one and a half against Syracuse. Illinois minus the five against UT San Antonio. We have Justin Thomas over John Rahm in golf. And then our parlay is the Yankees and the Mets on the one and a half run line. Our overs are Minnesota and Tampa Bay and Texas and the Los Angeles Angels. And let's enjoy a Saturday. Good luck, everyone. And let's cash some tickets. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.